ladies and gentlemen, this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network, and I'm glad you've tuned in. My name is Ernest Womboye, and we are continuing with our series on You Seem Will Find You Out. And I know we are taking a hiatus, and this was intentional because we needed some rest as a team, and um, it's, it's becoming a bit difficult to do the podcast every week. It's affected our output, our quality, our time. Uh, our management of time. So we made an executive decision. We say that we would have the podcast come out every two weeks, every two weeks. So every fortnight we'll have an episode of the podcast. Uh, If by God's grace, our team increases, if by God's grace, uh, our resources increase and we get more help with other arms of our ministry, then we perhaps will resume to our weekly podcast. But as of now, we'll have to do it every fortnight. Thanks for being patient. I hope the series so far has been of a blessing to you. The series is inspired by the word of by the words of Moses in Numbers 32:23 when he's talking to um, when he's talking to the children of Israel. He tells them to fulfill their promise, and he tells them they need to fulfill their promise because if they don't, their sin will find them out. He tells them your sin will find you out. So there's a promise that they've made to help the children of Israel. Um, um, help conquer the, the promised land. And Moses tells them, you need to help your brothers conquer the promised land. You have settled down, but don't be comfortable. And they say they'll do that. And Moses tells us a very uh, a very profound truth, a very profound spiritual uh, law concerning sin. It's that sin always comes to collect. Sin is consequential. There's no such thing as inconsequential sin. Sin is like a boomerang. It will come back and hit you. It will come back and and get its way. It will not leave you unpunished. And we've looked at two characters so far. We've looked at Reuben and we've looked at Moses. And if you missed those episodes, I urge you to go back and to see what uh, the Lord said through those episodes. Now, we are continuing the series and want to look at how your sin will find you out through the life of, of, of what's his name, Samson. <laughs> his name is keeping my mind. Samson. So, uh, Samson was a man who was dedicated to God. And uh, the dedication of Samson was important because um, he was a judge, but he had he was a very unique judge. Uh, he was a judge with supernatural power. So, from the moment he was born, I want you to see what the Lord said to Samson's mother. The Bible says, um, And the woman went to her husband and told him, A man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God. Very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, You will become pregnant and have a son. Now then, drink no wine or other fermented drink and do not eat anything unclean because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the womb until the day of his death. So look at that. And he's basically quoting what the angel told him um, much earlier. In fact, I should read the verses earlier. Almost the same thing. The Bible says, A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was childless and able to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you're going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean. You'll become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. So 
look at what the angel of the Lord says. He says that, first of all, it's a miracle, okay? Because uh, Samson's mother has been barren. She's been childless. So Samson is a miracle baby. Everybody in the community knows that this woman does not have children. And perhaps she's past the childbearing age. So it's a miracle birth. It's, it's, it truly is a miracle. Almost like uh, Abraham and Sarah, almost like Mary, mother of Jesus. There's a miracle here as far as childbirth is concerned. God turns the barren womb into fertility, uh, into a fertile womb. And she's told this child is going to be dedicated to the Lord. So don't take anything fermented or any drink uh, that is fermented or any wine. Because it's going to affect the ceremonial cleanliness of the child. And not not only that, uh, his head is not to be shaved, not to be touched by a razor. He's going to be a Nazarite. Who are the Nazarites? The Nazarites were a team of people who are committed to the service of God and were to remain ceremonially clean, but not to defile themselves, not to make themselves impure. And this is the kind of person that Samson is going to be. Now, you know, it's interesting that when... Um, but when um, the wife reports it to her husband, she did mention the hair part. I don't know why. Maybe she was a bit excited, but the scripture does not tell us she mentioned it. Um, and the Bible says uh, the husband, Manoah, went up, you know, and to see, to, to, to see, the, to see the, the angel, right? And, and that, that was believed the following day. And when they went to see the angel, the angel repeated, you know, the instructions, you know, said, um, you know, she must do everything I've told her. She must do everything I've told her. She must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, drink any wine, fermented drink, no eat anything clean. She must do everything I've commanded her. Um, and of course, we know that Samson's mother is, 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 Samson's mother is faithful. She does this. And Samson is born. And when Samson is born, you begin to see Samson live contrary to what the Lord has required of him. Okay? Now, I'm not sure if Samson is rebellious or perhaps he's not been brought up well. But um, this, 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 this trend of sin begins very early. The Bible says that uh, Samson went to a lion's carcass and he saw a swarm of bees with some honey. He scooped the honey with his hands and ate along as he went. Now, if Samson has been brought up in the ways of the Lord in ancient Israel, he knows that touching a dead animal, touching a carcass would make you ceremonial, ceremonially unclean. To eat honey from a carcass would make you ceremonially unclean. It was wrong. Samson does it. And when Samson does it, you really don't see anything happen to him. You find he goes against the Nazarite law. You find that he goes against the ceremonial laws of the land. And, I mean, nothing seems to happen. The Bible says much later, Samson had a feast, you know, as was customary for the young men. And the Bible says Samson got into a bet with his people. And he gave them a riddle. And he gave them um, a riddle based on the honey that he ate from the carcass of the animal. And the people that he gave the riddle to are not able to answer the riddle. And because of that, 
the people come and they threaten Samson's uh, wife. They threaten Samson's uh, Samson's in-laws, I believe. And his wife, the person that Samson was about to marry at this time, um, presses Samson, and Samson gives him the answer. And they come and they tell Samson, hey, um, this is what the answer to your riddle means. And Samson realizes that, um, you know, he's lost the bet. Bible says the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. He went down to Ashkelon. He stuck down, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of everything, gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle, and he went to his father's home. Now, Samson, in anger, goes and harms people who have done him no harm. Samson uses his power, his gift, for, for, for evil, so to speak. He goes and he just finds 30, uh, whether they were innocent or not, uh, but people who had done him no harm, and he, you know, thrashes them, strips them of everything, and uses it to pay his 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 bet. And you see that, and you wonder, surely Samson, that's not right. That is not the behavior of a judge. But nothing happens to him. The Bible says Samson was so angry he returned to his father's home. He didn't even marry the woman that he was going to marry. You know, um, this woman uh, he was going to marry. Um, the Bible says that Samson saw this woman and he wanted to marry her and it was the Lord who had planned for Samson to marry this woman so that Samson would get uh, inroads into the land of the Philistines so that he would get access to the Philistines. It was God's will for Samson to marry this woman. Samson in his anger, he's not emotionally stable. He refuses to marry this woman. And the Bible says in Judges 14 that his wife was given to his best man. So, after that, Samson uh, comes down, and he goes now to take his wife. And when he goes to take his wife, he's told, dude, you had a tantrum, and we gave your wife to someone else. And now Samson loses it, really, really loses it. And you can see here he is, he wants to marry this woman, but, you know, just goes away, has no relations with her. And this, of course, makes him lose his wife. His wife is given to his best man. What happened is that he goes out and catches 300 foxes, ties them tail to tail in pairs. He fastens a torch to every pair of tails, lights the torches, and lets the foxes loose in the green of the Philistines, burning up their grain and their vineyards and their olive groves. Now, look at just how cruel Samson is. You know, there's a place in Proverbs 12 where it says, um, a righteous man is kind to his animals. Look at how cruel Samson is to animals. Now, this may not necessarily be domestic animals, but you can look at the animal cruelty that Samson expends, not in line with God's will. And then Samson, out of an offense, you know, he does not temper his offense. He goes and he destroys grain. He destroys food. Samson, Samson takes the role of a villain. You look at Samson, you wonder, oh, surely, Samson, you know, what have you done? And you see, the people of the, the Philistines, when they see that, they go down and they decide to attack Samson's wife. Well, it's not his wife anymore. It was going to his best man. Well, they go and they kill her. And they kill her father. They burn them to death. Look at the kind of effects of Samson's life. Look at the kind of 
life is living. And do you see Samson remorseful? Do you see Samson caring? Do you see Samson moved? No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, Samson just moves on. So after that, after that revenge, Samson goes back, goes back and revenges. <laughs> he revenges the vengeance. You know, he attacks them viciously, slaughters them, and then he goes to a cave in Etam. So it's just a vicious cycle of fighting and sin and ugliness. And, you know, it gets to a point where now the children of Israel say, you know what, Samson, you're bringing too much trouble to us. We need to throw you in. So they throw him in. They decide to uh, give him to the Philistines. And Samson grabs the jawbone of a donkey. And when he grabs the jawbone of a donkey, he kills a thousand men with it. Now, I think this is the only part where I would say Samson here fulfilled God's commands. I would say this was the first time Samson fulfilled the commands of God when he killed this a thousand men with the jawbone of the donkey. Because this is what he was built for. He was built for war. He was a weapon. God built him as a weapon. And the Bible says, um, much later, he went to Gaza. And when he went to Gaza, in Judges chapter 16, Samson saw a prostitute. And what did he do? Samson went and slept with the prostitute. Now, after that one act of obedience, Samson goes back to his string of disobedience. And Samson sleeps with her. Samson knows he shouldn't do that. It's wrong according to the laws of Israel. It's wrong according to the laws of the Nazarites. It's wrong in the eyes of God. He's defiled himself ceremonially. He's made himself unclean. He's made himself, I mean, he, he just sleeps with her. You don't see Samson batting an eye. You don't see Samson struggling. You don't see Samson turning aside uh, from his sin. You just see him indulging in it. And the Bible goes on to say that he awoke in the middle of the night after he slept with the prostitute. He got up, took hold of the doors of the city gate, together with the two posts, tore them loose, bar and all. He lifted them to, the, to his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Now, <laughs> I've always read this place, this part, and wondered, why would Samson do that? After he slept with a prostitute, wakes up in the middle of the night, breaks the city gates, breaks the posts, breaks the bars, breaks them loose, carries them on his shoulder, takes them to the top of the hill and dumps them there. Why does he do that? Is it that Samson is just a violent man who uh, wants to show, yes, I'm an avenger, look at me, I've got great power? No. I think Samson, in the back of his mind, must have thought, gee, gosh, um, slept with a prostitute, that's not right. Um, I've compromised my moral purity. I've compromised my ceremonial purity. Oh my goodness, uh, God will take away this gift from me. God will take away this spirit from me. Hey, oh my goodness, what if he has? What if he has it? You know what? I'm going to test it. So in the way out says, um, if God is truly with me, I'm going to break that post. I'm going to see if it breaks. And he breaks it. And with supernatural power, he breaks an entire city gate. I mean, did you did you know how big a city gate was? <laughs> did you know how huge a city gate was? The posts of a city gate, they were huge. He breaks them. And then he feels, oh, yeah, good, good, good. I, I still have the strength. He says, hmm, let's see. Lifts them to his shoulders. Hmm, I still have the strength. Carries them on top of the hill. Hmm, I still have the strength. Oh, wow, thank God. I still have Kryptonian strength. I am doing well. Samson gets ahead with this plan, I believe, to test if God is truly still with him. He has sinned, he's committed a transgression, he knew exactly what he was doing, yet he tests to see if God is with him. And many times we do this as believers. We we do something wrong, we know it is wrong, we know we shouldn't do it, 
we go ahead and do it and after we do it we just test god is still with us are you still watching over me are you still talking to me are you still walking with me don't we do that we still test if we can serve in ministry we still test if um our prayers have been answered we still test if we can you know we we, we kind of religiously test ourselves but we know we are living a life of sin now again when samson sleeps with a prostitute um nothing happens you don't see anything happening but friends this disobedient pattern of samson leads him to his match he finally meets his match and his match is a woman a woman called delilah and the bible says that samson fell in love with delilah and when he fell in love with the with delilah okay she was a woman in the valley of sorek the philistines take advantage of samson's love for delilah and they pay delilah money to betray him and delilah who loves money more than she loves samson uh she gives in she allows the philistines to bribe her and she gets samson to reveal his secret and the bible says that samson kept lying to her concerning his secret and every time he lied to her delilah tried to use that secret against samson but samson woke up and found that delilah had used a secret against him but he did nothing delilah tried to kill samson severally and you don't see samson even reacting you see samson has become so calloused he's become so deeply engaged in engaged in sin he doesn't even see that his own life is in danger and eventually samson gives in his secret and sure enough delilah betrays him and the bible says samson said to himself when the philistines came to him i'll go out as before and shake myself free but the bible says in verse 20 he did not know that the lord had left him he did not know that he did not know that the lord had left him you see friends a time comes when we fooled around with sin for so long such that we cannot even tell the difference between righteousness and holiness we wake up in our fornication and we feel just the same way as just before we were about to lead worship we wake up in our adultery and we feel just the same way as we were about to preach we wake up in our just after watching that carnal entertainment and we feel just the same way as we were about to lead prayers we wake up in our immorality and we feel just the same way as before we went to serve in church it feels no difference and that's why samson says i will i will wake up as before and i will do this he he assumes that you know i've done this before i've slept with prostitutes before and i've broken gates hey i've slept with delilah i will wake up and beat philistines <laughs> i've eaten honey from lions and beat up a thousand men before if i have sinned before and gotten away with it and proceeded to obey the lord hey guess what this time i'll do the exact same thing i will just you know i'm just from living in sin i'll just wake up and do what is necessary what is required of me you know what do i what do you need me to do you need me to pray you need me to you need me to lead a bible study you need me to you need me to counsel someone you need me to talk to the younger generation um you need me to to speak uh, as the eldest in the group who's mature 
Uh, you need me to set an example. You need me. And hey, yeah, I'll wake up as before and I will do it. The Bible says Samson did not know that the Lord had left him. And a time will come when we will now feel the full consequence of our sin. Our sin comes full circle. Friends, the Bible says in Numbers 32.23, sorry, Numbers 32.23, your sin will find you out. The Bible says the Philistines seized Samson, gouged his eyes out, took him down to Gaza, binded him with grown shackles, and set him to grind gain, grinding gain, grain in the prison. Now it's interesting, Samson was taken down to Gaza. It is in Gaza where he slept with that prostitute. Where he slept with that prostitute, he could see the, that prostitute no more. He perhaps could hear her, but he couldn't see her. That same place, Gaza, where he had broken the city gates. He was taken back there as a slave. In the place of his sin, in the place where he committed sin, that is the place where he was now placed. As a, that is where he was placed in captivity. The Bible says, but the hair on his head began to grow again after, he had been, after it had been shaved. That's nice. You see an element of grace there. The hair on his head began to grow again. But can I tell you something? Samson's hair grew back, but Samson's eyes did not grow back. Friends, there are things you can lose permanently on account of sin. Samson's life ends with him blind, weak, defeated, enslaved. And Samson is no longer the hero. He's almost like an anti-hero. You won't call him entirely the villain because the Philistines capture him, but he's an anti-hero. He's not exactly a hero and he's not exactly a villain. He's a bit of both. And Samson's life ends tragically in death. In death. Almost, you could say, in suicide because he does kill himself in his final act. He does it for the glory of God. And God gives him strength to complete his work. But what a tragic story. Is that how God requires you to live your life? Absolutely not. Your sin will find you out. Would you take seriously? Would you hang out with friends who take sin seriously? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network. And for more great podcasts that will build your faith and inspire you, please head over to www.edify.app, that is E-D-I-F-I.app. Or you could also search for the Edify app on the Google or the Apple Play Store. Thank you very much. We'll see you in a fortnight. <laughs>